The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody. Good night. I'm doing well. Y'all all right? Everybody all right out there? All right. What a joy to see you, and I am just, I'm overwhelmed. I continue to be overwhelmed at this church. You continue to just outdo yourself. This is, a, this is not a good night. This is a cold night. It's very cold, and I think I saw a little snow a while ago. I really do. I, I, I'm serious about that. Before, long before church started, we got here about 6 o'clock. We, uh, we met at a mighty fine place tonight and had, had dinner. Uh, and we got back here, and Jaron and I kind of said, you know, that don't look like rain. That, that, that one was kind of floating down. And so I think we got our first snow of the fall or winter. I'm going to step out and say it. It snowed tonight. We went ahead and snowed. Thank you, Lord, for the snow. And then to see you folks just, I, I, I pastored two great churches before I came here, and uh, you've heard my story, but uh, the joy that I sense and I get from CLC in Austin is that there's such a hunger in this church, and it's always been that way. You folks are just here because you're hungry for the things of God. One man said it so greatly years ago, said people that come on Sunday morning love the church. People that come on Sunday night when we used to have church love the preacher. But people that come on Wednesday love Jesus. Now I didn't say that, but I'll quote that. And I just, I just thank you. I, I can't thank you enough. I really can't. I, I'll go home tonight. You know, the older I get, the easier I cry about stuff like this. I'm, get, I get, I'm, very, I'm very sentimental in some things, and this kind of stuff moves me. It's kind of like when David said, oh, for a drink from the wells of Bethlehem, and three of his mighty men break through the host of the Philistine garrison, got him a drink of water and brought it back, and he said, I can't drink this. You've jeopardized your life. You've, you put yourself in a hazardous place to bring me this, and he poured it out as an offering to God. And sometimes, there's just some times in my life, and this night is one of them because it is it's a very inclement night, and you're in the house. And I, 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 I wish that I could just, ha- I wish I had a whole, I wish I could just duplicate myself about 400 times and give you a 400 hand clap of appreciation. But while you sit there, I'm going to clap for you. I'm going to clap for you. If you feel like clapping for yourself, join me. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand, you're incredible people. Pastor and Mrs. Wilson are here tonight. Richard Wilson is here tonight with many of his church, probably 10 to 12 leaders of his church, just to, just to be a part of our Wednesday night get-together. And Pastor, we thank you for being here. They pastor Christ Life Church. And Kyle, we thank you for being here tonight. God bless them. Let's give them a hand. What a joy to have them. Amen. <clears throat> now, we, are, we started a little series last week, and I would like to tell you that this is one of my favorite preaching months. Now, I enjoy preaching. I enjoy preaching. I've never found a sermon I didn't enjoy preaching. But some of them I enjoy preaching more. And November and December are some of my favorite preaching months. 
And it's very difficult for me to, to, to give the pulpit away in these months because I just really enjoy Thanksgiving is a wonderful, wonderful text to talk about in my world. God's been good to all of us. Amen. He's blessed us all. And last week, Pastor Reed opened a series called 10,000 Reasons, 10,000 Reasons to Be Thankful. And we're going to pick up where he left off last week, and we're going to continue it next week, and then we're going to continue it after Thanksgiving, because the week of Thanksgiving, we're going to do communion here on a Tuesday night. We'll be announcing that, and we'll, there will be no Wednesday night service, but we'll have two services on Wednesday night. We'll have one at 6 and one at 7.30 for you to come and we'll be preaching a little bit and talking to you and we'll take communion and we'll send you on your way for a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. That always happens here. That's just what we do. That's our order of service. And so then after Thanksgiving, we're going to, we're going to finish this series and we're going to have a wonderful time doing it. Then we're going to turn our attention to Christmas. Some of us are not out of debt from last Christmas. <laughs> just a thought. I may be one of those. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But don't let your credit card create a problem in your life this year. You know, I, I've always tell people that it's not really the amount of the, of the gift. It's, uh, it's the, the thought of the gift. And I really believe that. I, I was raised uh, in, a, in a very poor environment in my life. And dad and mom got me one gift a year. One gift. And I always hoped it was something great. And you know what? When you, when you accept, appreciate something and you look for something great, it always is going to be great. And so understand that it's not what you get. It's the feeling that you get by what you receive. It's the thought behind it. So I want to preach tonight on this subject. Everybody say, say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Say so. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. And praise him in the assembly of the elders. Someone needs to say so. Say it. Say so. Say, I am, I am redeemed, and I'm going to say so. Somebody needs to speak up for gratitude in this hour. Take somebody by the hand and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. You're awesome people, and I love you. Thomas Gaddis wrote a book called The Burden Man of Alcatraz, and he tells a true story of a two-time convicted murderer named Robert Stroud. Robert spent most of his 70 years in prison, much of that in solitary confinement. And one day he was in the yard and he found an injured sparrow and he took it back to his cell. And there he nursed that sparrow back to health. And Stroud began to read books about birds. It touched him to be able to help a sparrow get better. And other prisoners brought sick birds and canaries and parakeets to him and if he couldn't find a way to heal the birds, he would improvise and then research, and he became an authority on the subject of birds. And healing and wholeness began to creep into his life. One day in particular, doing a 60-second encounter with a, with a prison guard. The guard, you see, was sitting on an orange crate that Stroud wanted to make into a birdcage. 
And he asked the guard for it, and the guard responded, You haven't said a word to me, Robert Stroud, in 20 years. And now you want this crate that I'm sitting on? You have never given me the time of day. Why should I even think about giving you this crate? Stroud responded with a deep-felt emotion, Please, sir, please. And the guard sat there for a few minutes and then opened the cell door and gave Stroud the crate. Stroud responded with words he had not spoken in years. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Our well-being, our wholeness, our completeness as human beings depends upon our willingness to recognize that all of life is just a gift. We are not solitary creatures, but we depend on those beyond ourselves. Can you say amen to that? Ambrose of Milan, who was a bishop there, said it this way, Gratitude is the greatest of all virtues and is the parent of all others. Gratitude is a fruit of great civilization. You do not find it among coarse people. Gratitude is the interest we pay God for the lives he has loaned us. Gratitude is from the same root word as grace. Grace and gratitude come from the same root word. Grace and gratitude come from the same root word, which signifies the free and boundless mercy of God. The word thanksgiving is from the same root word as grace. When I am thankful, it's because of grace, which signifies the full and boundless mercy of God. See, thanksgiving is from the root, same root word as think, so that to think is to think. And when you think of what God has done for you, when I think about the Lord and how he saved me, how he raised me, how he brought me out, how he set my feet on a solid rock, when I think about the Lord, how he healed me, how he forgave me, how he's blessed me, it makes me want to shout hallelujah. It makes me want to shout hallelujah. When you think, you become thankful. It's time for people to start thinking about the goodness of God. John Maxwell, one of my favorite speakers of all time, said the instant we're born, we already owe someone for nine months of room and board. (laughs) And we never really pay that debt. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Moms. Thanks to my mom that left us over four years ago. Thank you, Mama. Thank you for not throwing me away. Thank you, Mama, for raising me. Thank you. Dr. Bob Jones says the loveliest flower that blooms in the garden of the heart is the flower of gratitude. And when gratefulness dies on the altar of a man's heart, he is well nigh gone. I found this kind of humorous. An Ogden Nash poem, The Outcome of Mr. McLeod's Gratitude, tells of a wife who was always complaining and a husband who managed to be grateful for everything. And the last stanza runs like this. So she tired of her husband's cheery note and she stuffed a tea tray down his throat. And he remarked from the floor where they found him reclining, I'm just a McLeod with a silver lining. You'll get it after a while. Gratitude is not a part of our nature. Everybody say, it's not a part of my nature. You wasn't born with gratitude. 
Anything you have to be taught to do is not a part of your nature. And anything you do without being taught is a part of your nature. It's a duck's nature to swim, folks. When you throw him in the water, he'll swim automatically. Whether he's this big or this big, a duck swims. He doesn't have to have swimming lessons. But it's not a cat's nature to swim. You throw a cat in the water and he or she will drown. It's not a baby's nature to swim. An infant can be taught to swim, but it's not a part of his nature. Anything you have to be taught to do is not part of your nature. Remember when your child was small and you began to try to teach him gratitude. And when someone would give him something, you would say, now son, now daughter, what do you say? And the child would drop his head and go, hmm. Come on, son. Come on, honey. Come on, daughter. Now you know what to say. Hmm. And I I remember saying, Justin, come on, son. Come on. If you don't say it, I'm going to make you give it back. And reluctantly, the child might say, thank you. But there's no gratitude there. He's just doing it because you said, I'm going to give it back if you don't do it. Because he wasn't born with gratitude. One of the characteristics of the godly is the ability to say thank you. And one of the chief characteristics of the ungodly is what I call ingratitude. Paul said this about the ungodly in chapter 1 of Romans when he said, When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things where were not convenient. That's what it's about. It all started when they were not thankful. And because they were not thankful, God gave them up. See, a lot of sins you see committed today are a result of the lack of genuine gratitude in the heart. Let me give you a couple of points. Here's the first thing I'm going to preach about tonight. Gratitude is the will of God for you. Clap your hands and say, I believe that. I'm fixing to give you the hardest verse in the Bible to live. And I'm going I'm to preach it and I believe it because I've preached this all my life and I've lived it. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything give thanks. Not some things. Not every now and then. Oh, I want to preach right now. In everything. In everything give thanks. But you don't know my situation. I said in everything give thanks. You don't realize what I've been through. I said in everything give thanks. I've lost my mother. I've lost my father. I've lost my job. I've lost my home. In everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. You're alive. You're here. Come on, clap your hands. In everything give thanks. Seek and you'll thank. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. David said it this way in Psalms, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. He also said in 146, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have any being. As long as there's life in me, I'm going to be singing. I love what the Bible said about Jacob in his older days. The Bible said Jacob worshiped God leaning on his staff. That just excites me beyond words because I'm never going to get too old to say thank you. I'm never going to get too ancient to say thank you. 
I wish I had a staff up here tonight. I'd just like to walk on it and lean on it a little bit and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of us think that this praise thing is a young thing. Some of us think this praise thing is an uneducated thing. No. Thanks is for everybody. Thanks is for everybody. Amen. Thanks is for everybody. Thanks is for everybody. I promise you, if you'll worship the Lord with thanksgiving, he'll follow you out of here tonight and go home with you and take care of situations in your life that you never dreamed possible because the Lord follows worshipers and thanksgiving home. He'll go home with you. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, let's have a little church tonight. Let's have a little thanksgiving tonight. David said it this way, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Aren't these powerful scriptures? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Hallelujah. 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 There was a lady came for prayer on Sunday morning right here in this church, came for prayer. And told one of our prayer partners the petition that she had in her life and said, it doesn't look good. It looks like it's over. And at the end of second service, she got a text from the situation. And the situation had been turned around while she was being prayed for right here. Now stop me. Stop, stop me if you've heard this. Stop me if you've heard this. But praise God if you've heard this also. God can do it right now. God can do anything for you right now. God can do anything for you right now. And I promise you, if you'll get grateful in your heart, if you'll get grateful in your spirit, God will keep on doing stuff for you. Hallelujah. I got to thinking that the worst sin a person can commit, the worst sin, some might say it's a, it's a sin of unbelief because the unbelievers are going to have their part in the lake. Or the unpardonable sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Some might say it's a sin of the flesh, adultery, fornication. As bad as these are, there's a sin that I think that is worse. In my opinion, the worst sin is the sin of ingratitude. Because ingratitude affects everything in your being. Everything in your being. It affects everything. When a person sins, they want to come back to God. But ingratitude can slip in so slowly. It's, it's like an erosion in your life. It's like an erosion in your life. And, and, and it's, it, it, it's the most basic of sins. Ingratitude preceded even rebellion in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve walked away from God and did what they did. It was ingratitude that brought on the rebellion. Had they been grateful for all of God's provisions and the, and the garden and the gifts, they would not have rebelled against the giver of life. I'm telling you, gratitude keeps you plugged in to the things that God has for you in your life. The wind may chill the body, but ingratitude chills the soul. An ancient proverb speaks of thanklessness like this. As soon as you have drunk from the spring, you turn your back on it and walk away. Gratitude. Martin Luther said, is the least of virtues. Ingratitude is the worst of vices. Unthankfulness is thievery, it's theft. The Apostle Paul placed unthankfulness as the fountainhead of other sins. He wrote, because that, I'm going to quote Romans 1 again, when they, the heathen knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became, dot, dot, dot. Okay, now watch this, became. 
Then follows man's downward progress from thanklessness to idolatry to immorality and unspeakable things that we don't even have to talk or have to talk about in this pulpit tonight because you have to do is read Romans 1 and you'll read it for yourself. It just keeps going downhill. Once you become unthankful, you become thankless. You go into idolatry and immorality. It, just, it behooves of us to stay thankful in our relationship with Jesus Christ in our life. Amen? Come on. Failure to thank God led to God forgetfulness in every area of life. There was a traveler one time that used to do world tours, and he discovered a remote tribe with no word for thanks. You know what he discovered in that tribe? A very low morality. When there's no thanks, no word for thanks in your life, your moral life suffers. See, our culture does possess clauses of appreciation, but how easily they become abbreviated. You know, in early years, we used to say, I thank you. I thank you, neighbor. I thank you. Say it. I thank you. And then as the faster tempo of life, presuming the I would be understood, we started saying, thank you. Just thank you. Still later, the form was shortened to just thanks. And dangling in midair without beginning or end, too often every ounce of gratitude is completely omitted. It's time for us to look up to the heavens and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I don't know if y'all do this, but I have a little need to pray when I get in a jet to take off to another place. <laughs> I was riding with an old boy on a plane one day, and he was doing this number, you know. He did about 80 of them. I'm serious. And I appreciate it. I looked at him. And I said, I'm a minister. You want me to pray with you? He said, oh, I would love that. So we joined hands and we prayed, and he was scared silly. <laughs> and as soon as we got up, he said, I want the strongest thing you can give me. He told the flight attendant. And I looked at him and I said, the strongest thing I can give you is Jesus, buddy. You know what he said? He said, bring me a Coke. <laughs> he knew Jesus was greater than anything in this world. But I have this little need. I, really, I have this need when I get on a plane. I, I think it's time to pray. And I say, Lord, give us lift power. Let this jet have enough steam to go down that runway and take off. And sometimes you think, Lord, it ain't going to get up. It's not going to get up. The plane's loaded. It's a Southwest airline. Everybody's got four bags because they're all free. <laughs> and when, <laughs> Dr. Taylor, when that, when that plane lifts off that runway, I say, thank you, Jesus. It never, never fails. Are you afraid? No. No, not, it's not fear. I just want to thank the Lord because he controls everything in my life. I don't want him to think I'm trying to run my business myself. Folks, if he has saved you, he's great enough to keep you. And if he can keep you, he's great enough to finish what he started in your life. So why don't you get up every morning, every morning, and clap your hands and say, Jesus, I thank you. 10,000 reasons to be grateful. I thank you for letting the plane fly. I thank you for letting me drive to work safely. I thank you for giving me a good job. I thank you for having health in my body. I thank you for giving me good kids. I thank you for giving me a great family. Just thank you. It's important. I read about a lady that boarded a 
crowded streetcar and a man rose to give her his seat and she fainted. When she came to, she thanked him for it and he fainted. Ingratitude kept Joseph in prison two years longer than was necessary. Two important servants of Pharaoh thrust into the same prison with Joseph had disturbing dreams which Joseph interpreted. Though the baker would be hanged within three days, the butler would be restored to his position. But remember, Genesis 40 says, me when it goes well with you, butler, and show me kindness. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this prison. Could it be possible that God has allowed us to come out of that place and we have kept him in that place because we forgot to remember who brought us out of that place? Are you with me? Because when I was in prison, when I was captured by sin, lost without hope, He came to where I was. He came to where you were. When you were bound by that alcoholic desire, when you were bound by those drugs and that sexual immorality, he came to where you was. He came a long way and got where you were. He came to where you were and he opened the bars for you so you could get out. But it's going to be your ingratitude that's going to keep him in there. You need to start telling everybody, hey, I once was this, but I'm not anymore. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was bound, but now I am free. And it's because Jesus came to where I was. I refuse to keep Jesus bound in the place where he found me. Does that make sense? So many people lose their way because they feel that once God's done that, that's just all there is to it. Verse 23, he says, But the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And two years after his release, Pharaoh had a dream that troubled him, and the butler said, Hmm, there's a guy in prison that I could have released 24 months ago if I'd only remembered what he did for me. Don't go in a 24-month stale place because of a loss of gratitude. Bring him out. He came to where you were and got you out. Bring him with you and thank him every day of your life. See, God's will for us is thanksgiving even though it may be belated. Now, I want to say something here. I don't want you to have a turkey day this Thanksgiving. It's not turkey day. It's not Bluebell Day. (laughs) By the way, have I told you? Brother Corey Redding's got me set up to go to Brenham. I'm going to the Bluebell factory. I am. That's a fact. And the way he's described it, that ice cream just pours out. A little thing shoves it out to you and said, taste this one. I'm going to probably taste everything that I put my hands on when I go to that Bluebell factory. I'll tell you all about it. I'll bring pictures and show them to you. Thank you, Corey, for loving me that much, son. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Corey. Thank you. But the bottom line is simply this. And my second point I'm going to preach is this. Ingratitude is iniquity and will always lead to heartache. 
why is there such an advent of ingratitude? Why is it so hard to say thanks with our praise and our worship? Why? There's two valid reasons. Let, let me just stop here and say, people that don't worship God are ungrateful. You're ungrateful. Worship should be the most beautiful thing that flows out of you. This church should never have somebody with their hands down. If you can't raise them, you ought to be clapping them. If you can't get out of your seat, you ought to be praising. Get your head up. I'm telling you, everybody in this house has got something to praise him for tonight. Everybody in this house. Everybody in this house. Come on. Everybody in this house got something to praise him for tonight. Everybody. 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 Come on. Everybody. Everybody in this house got something to praise him for tonight. Everybody. Everybody. Woo. Hallelujah. Why is it so hard to say thanks with our praise and worship? There's two valid reasons. Number one, write this down. We are blessed so abundantly. We forget how bad it was without this life. Folks, I, I know we've got a lot of problems in America, but I'm proud to be an American. I'm so proud to be an American. I am so happy to be an American. But more than that, I'm happy and proud to be a child of God. Amen. Do you realize, I, I read something the other day, this, this just blew my mind. I read something the other day about American people, American people, uh, if, if they break it down per person, we misplace, we lose about $75 a piece per capita. We lose about $75 a year of our money. We lose it. I've, t I've told you about my wife and I cleaning out our closet recently. My wife found some money and we went and ate some bluebell or whatever. <laughs> we went and had a nice dinner. She found some money. I think it was mine. She put it in her purse. <laughs> but we lose per capita $75, $75 a year. You know what the average person makes in a third world country in a year? $69. We lose more than they make. And you don't have anything to be grateful for? You have nothing to be grateful for? It's time to put a gratitude smile on our face and quit telling God what you don't have and start bragging on what you do have. Quit telling God how big your problem is and start telling your problem how big God is. <laughs> and the second thing that holds our praise and worship up is we live in a victim's world. A lot of people feel the world, the church, and God owes them. And it's so hard to say thanks with your hands out thinking the world owes you something or somebody owes you something. It's obvious that our thanks for blessings received should be just as fervent as our request for blessings sought. So if you pray for blessings to come, you ought to thank Him with just that great of vigor in your life. Some people today seem to feel the world owes them a living. In fact, they are so busy grabbing gain with both hands that these spiritual scrooges have forgotten how to feel and to say thank you. There's a place in Mexico where there's natural hot springs and cold springs that dwell up side by side. It's hot here, it's cold here. And the Mexican residents often boil their clothes in the hot springs, then rinse them in the cold spring. And a tourist watching this procedure remarked to his Mexican companion, I suppose they think Mother Nature's pretty generous. 
Well, Senor, replied his friend, but there's still much grumbling because she provides no soap. A lifeguard recently reported he had rescued 223 people from drowning. Three of them thanked him. Brother Brandon was in the office tonight. He's our new youth pastor, and he's so fired up. Boy, he was dressed to the nines today. He was chic going to that youth thing. And I was telling him, I just told him that story that I just shared with you. He said, Pastor, when I was coaching, when I was coaching in the, at the, uh, he used to be a life coach or a, or a, a what do you call it, exercise coach. What do you call it? There you go. I don't do it. You understand that. So. I'm going to take, take taekwondo from this man one day, but I, I don't know. Anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> I get tickled at myself. This man just literally fell out. He, he, he had a heart attack, fell out in the gym. And Brandon said, all I knew to do, Pastor, was just start pump, hitting his chest as hard as I could, pumping on his chest. He said, I'd learn a little CPR. He said, I didn't want him to die on me. I was training him, I, and I just kept pumping his chest and pumping. And he said, it seemed like the ambulance and the, and the, and the responders got there so quickly. And, and said, the time they got set up, they said, don't stop, don't stop. Just keep, just keep hitting us. Just keep pumping, keep pumping, keep pumping. And he did. And they got him to the hospital, and the man lived. He was dead probably at the point of death and he lived and he said pastor you know what's strange he never came back said thanks never did he said his wife did and she said my husband's kind of different and he probably won't be in here but I want to thank you for saving my husband don't let somebody say thanks for what God has done for you don't let somebody praise him for what he's done for you. Come on, let's clap real big for the Savior tonight. Come on. Come on, let's clap real big. Churchill used to tell about a man who saved a little boy's life from the sea waves. When he brought that little drenched boy back to his mother, his mother said, where's my little boy's hat? He had a hat on. Where's the hat? There's a famine of appreciation in the world. A farmer was showing a man around his farm one day and they came to a pigsty where there was a magnificent pig with a wooden leg. Not surprisingly, the visitor asked about the wooden leg and the farmer said, oh, now that's a very special pig there, you see. One night we were all in bed and the farm caught fire and the barn caught fire and it would have probably came to the house, but the pig saw it, broke out of the sty, called the fire brigade, threw buckets of water on the fire. It's not a true story. Then rushed to the farmhouse to rescue me and my wife and the children. Yes, that's a very special pig. And did he lose his leg fighting the fire, inquired the visitor. Oh, no. But a very special pig like that, you don't eat him all at once. He might have saved us, but we're going to eat him. <laughs> Mother Randy, if you'll help me. Bill Stidger of the School of Theology in Boston, Mass. Begin to think of the blessings he had in life one day. He remembered the woman who had taught him in school. 
He had not heard from her in many years, and she had gone out of her way to put a love of verse in him. She was a woman of verse. And Stidger had loved verse all of his life and became a great minister because of her love she had for verse, and she put it in him. So he wrote a letter of thanks to the old lady one day, and she wrote a letter back, a feeble scrawl of the old hand. My dear Willie, I cannot tell you how much your note meant to me. I'm in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely, and like the rest, like the last leaf of autumn, I'm lingering behind. Beautiful words. You'll be interested to know that I taught school for 50 years. Yours is the first note of appreciation I ever received. It came on a blue, cold morning. And it cheered me as nothing has in many years. Stidger wept. So he said, you know what? There's some more people that's been important in my life. And he thought of them. He remember one of his old pastors who had been most helpful at the beginning of his ministry. And the bishop was in retirement and had recently lost his life and wife, I mean, and he wrote him a note. This was the reply. My dear Will, your letter was so beautiful, so real, that as I sat reading it in my study, tears fell from my eyes, tears of gratitude. And then before I realized what I was doing, I rose from a chair and called her name to show it to her, forgetting for a moment that she was gone. You'll never know how much your letter has warmed my spirit. I've been walking about in the glow of it all day long. Oh, how beautiful a thing, this thing called appreciation. This thing called thanks. I got a call the other day, forgive me. I heard that my pastor had been put in the hospice. We'd just come home from a little trip my wife and I had, and thank you for letting us go and not being mad at us. We're going and getting away and getting a little rest. Thank you, Dr. Taylor, for always telling me to get my rest. And I needed it, and I feel so fresh tonight preaching the gospel. But when I got back, I got this call, and I'd heard that he was put in hospice on Thursday. And, and they said, if you want to see him, Brother Rex, you need to come on and see him words can't describe how much I love my pastor I think there may be some people here that love me like I love him because if you give it you'll get it so I got on the southwest and flew up Monday afternoon about 2.45 I flew it my buddy Ron Lyles who preaches here from time to time He's not passionate anymore. He's got time on his hands, so he came and got me. I'm trying to be funny to quit crying. <laughs> and we went to Presbyterian Hospital, and on the seventh floor, there's a hospice unit, hospice unit there. I walked in, and there he is on his left side. He's had a, had a stroke here and paralyzed his whole left side. And he can't lay on anything but his left side because his breathing is free then. If they put him on his right side, his left side is so paralyzed he can't get his breath, and he'll, he'll pass and I went over to him and I, I spoke words to him and although he was non-conversive he knew me I put my hand in his hand and 
I said, this is this Brother X, Pop. And he squeezed my hand so hard that it hurt. I didn't get it in there right. You know what I'm saying? Had my ring on and he, he, got, he got clamped down on it. And I said, oh, Jesus. And I tried to remove it and he squeezed harder. I'm not letting you go. rubbed his hair kissed his cheek he's an Arab man he came to this country without anything but a call of God and I identify with him because he had nothing to fall back on and when God called me I had nothing to fall back on he identified with me when I patted his head hugged on him and loved on him kissed him on the top of his head several times I told him I would be here count on me to come see him again and again and I turned to the family and I said if this is the last time I see him I'm so glad I got to come but a man may not have many breaths left probably could count them felt my thanks he felt my thanks what do you think of God in heaven it was above all through all and in us all how do you think he'd respond to your thanks tonight our heavenly father that loves us more than you could ever imagine. Loved us so much, came robed in flesh, died on a cross, was buried, rose again on the third day, walked on this earth for 40 days, ascended, sent back the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. That's a God that loves us. He's not paralyzed. He's not going out of business. He's not about to die. He deserves our praise here tonight. He deserves our thanksgiving here tonight. He deserves our heart tonight. He deserves everything we have. Everything we have. Everything we have. There are more sad people in the world because they feel unappreciated than for any other reason. There are wives here tonight that are in despair because they don't feel their husbands appreciate them. There are husbands here tonight who feel unappreciated for what they do for the family. There are parents who feel unappreciated by their children. There are children who feel unappreciated from their parents. There are church members who feel unappreciated tonight. Let me stop and say, every time I remember what God has blessed us with in Austin, I thank God for all of you. Sometimes in my prayer, I just kind of do this number and say, God, just bless every one of them. I want every one of you to be rich with blessing and rich with favor and rich with honor with God. I don't want you to ever feel unappreciated. I study to give my very best to you because I don't want you to feel unappreciated. I want you to know that God loves you right where you are. Can you clap your hands to that? (laughs) 
And there are ministers who feel unappreciated. And if that's in the building tonight, every minister in this building, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'd like to say that I'm not one of those I feel so appreciated in this church. But I, every man that carries the load of ministry in your life, no matter what kind of ministry it is, every woman, I honor you tonight. And I give you praise from my heart. So the Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Someone needs to say so. Someone needs to say so. Come on, come on. Get on your feet, clap your hands real big. Come on, let's praise him right now. Come on, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him right now. Come on, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him right now. Come on, let's praise him right now. Praise him right now. Praise him right now. Praise him right now. Come on. Let's just take a little time right now to love him. Come on, everybody. Take a little time to love him right now. Take a little time to love him right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, you are my God. You are my strong tower. You are my refuge, my hiding place. You are everything I need in my life. You are my all in all. Amen. Amen. Don't walk out of here tonight entitled. Walk out of here tonight with gratitude. It's an important thing to have the gratitude of God in your life. Don't let him stay in the prison house he brought you out of because of ungratefulness. Bring him out with you. Bring him out with you. You know what? We're going to have a great Thanksgiving this year. A great one. And I want everybody to have a good Thanksgiving not a turkey day it's thanksgiving it's grace it's grace when you think you think it's grace everybody say grace grace God's grace come on grace that will pardon and what cleanse within grace grace God's grace grace that is greater than all my sin. Woo! No, don't say that. It's still, it's still about six minutes before 75 minute service, but I want us to do something. I, 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 want, I want you to turn around and find something, not your family, but turn around and find somebody and don't leave. Usher, don't let them leave because you're not going to duck out on me right now. We're going to take about two minutes here. Turn around and just look at somebody and say, I appreciate you. And I thank God that I get to go to church with people like yourself. Come on, do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. Come on, do it right now. Come on, we need that in our life. We need that in our life. I thank you. Randy, I thank you. I get to go to church with you. I thank you. Amen. What's David's wife's name? 
on, come on. Please don't leave yet. Please don't leave yet. Don't duck out on great on gratitude. Don't duck out on gratitude. Come on. Don't do it. Amen. 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 I love you, buddy. I love you, man. I love you so much. You better do it. <laughs> I love you. Lift your hands now all over the house. Lift your hands all over the house. Dear Father, in the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth, and every knee shall bow to the glory of God the Father. We thank you for this night. We thank you because you're, you're going to continue to place a spirit of gratitude in this people's heart. God, fill us up with it. Fill us up with gratitude. Fill us up with gratitude. Let us rise up every day. Let us thank you for every little thing. And then the big things will just take care of themselves. Because, God, you are not only the awesome God, you're the minute God. You can do the minutia in our life. You can do the small things. You can take care of the little situations, the little foxes that spoil the, the tender branch. You can take care of those little foxes. In Jesus' name, you're a great God. Now bless us, let us go from this place, but not in your presence, and bring us back Sunday morning for another great day of worship and praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Take time going home and hurry back. See you at 9 o'clock, 10.30, 12 o'clock on Sunday. I love you. God bless you. You're incredible people. I love you.